Welcome to the Apologia Podcast, the audio-only archive of the Apologia YouTube channel. Note that some content was designed to go with visuals, but the imagination can be a powerful thing. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it a 5-star rating on the podcast app you're using now to help us reach more people. Or, since this endeavor is ad-free, consider going a step further and supporting us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash apologia. But for now, let's get to the episode, part of the Apologetic series, posted September 28th, 2021, titled Resurrection Scholar Agrees, The Empty Tomb is Not Historical Fact. Mike Lacono responds. On today's episode, we discuss the empty tomb, the empty tomb and what it means for the historical bedrock. There's a town I know where the hipsters go called bedrock. Twitch, twitch. Do you find that the empty tomb qualifies as part of the historical bedrock? When you get an itch, then you do the twitch in bedrock. Twitch, twitch. It doesn't raise to the level of of being a minimal fact of being historical bedrock. Cause a twitching spine, have yourself a time in bedrock. Is the empty tomb historical bedrock? Let's watch Dr. Mike Lacona twitch twitch. <laughs> Welcome to Apologia, where a former Christian takes a look at the claims of Christians. As I record these words, I'm in the midst of finishing up what will be a lengthy video taking a look at three popular apologists addressing my take on the empty tomb of Jesus, specifically that Jesus' body was never in the tomb in the first place. But in the midst of that, renowned resurrection scholar Mike Lacona dropped an episode of his podcast covering his view on the historicity of the empty tomb. Now, I know that for many skeptics, the first thing they think of is his debate with Matt Dillahunty and his floating trash can argument for the resurrection of Jesus. All of a sudden, uh, they saw the lid, the metal lid on the can, just lift up and hover over the can for a moment, and then it launched itself against the wall, hits the wall, goes flat against the wall, and it's as though someone was holding it against the wall, and then it just slid down real slowly down the wall, and then when it hit the ground, it started to spin like a, like a coin. But in the Christian community, Mike is known as a measured scholar, and for his lengthy books on the historicity of the resurrection. And while I don't agree with Mike on his major points, I would have to say that he's more honest and measured in not overstating arguments than many of the other Christian historians and apologists. Unfortunately, when you're not shouting at the other side, WWE style, you're running around here looking like a big fat bowl of fruity pebbles. You can't always attract attention or views. Specifically, I was sad that his new entry had fewer than 600 views in its first week because Mike had some very important things that I think it's important for Christians and non-Christians alike to hear. So, in order to signal boost a little, and maybe as an appetizer for my upcoming empty tomb tome, here are what I think are some of the highlights from Mike. Are there any New Testament scholars that object to the notion of an empty tomb? Oh, sure. There's quite a few of them. Um, now, Gary Habermas has actually been a bean counter with this, and he's been keeping track of where scholars are on over 100 topics related to the resurrection of Jesus since 1975, the empty tomb being one of them. Um, he says that, uh, I, I don't know what the actual number is right now, 
but the last he said it was right around 75 percent he i think just below 75 percent then it dipped down to about two-thirds and he continued to add more sources to it as he's putting together his bibliography when it was 75 percent then it dipped down to two-thirds now it's like 15 years ago it was just shy of 75%. I don't know what it is now. If you hear someone quoting Habermas that 75% of relevant scholars accept an empty tomb, Mike has confirmed that this number has dipped as low as two-thirds during Habermas's research, and we don't know what it is now. Though I suspect Gary would have said something if it had gone up. And, of course, we don't settle history by a show of hands. So uh, this is one of the... Uh more, if not the most hotly disputed of the the 12 facts that Habermas um, proposes here. And so what, yeah. what sort of an alternative view to the empty tomb? Would it be something like the wrong tomb a mass or a mass grave uh, approach? Ooh, I can finally get Mike's view on the mass grave approach. Yeah, you know, they just, the main one, I mean, the old, uh, old, long ago, it was, you know, the disciples stole the body, right? Okay. No, just bypass mass grave to head right back to the good old disciples stole the body story. Too bad. You know, maybe the the fact that it uh, they're saying the disciples stole the body, they, they couldn't prove it otherwise one way or the other if they had buried Jesus' bones in an ossuary somewhere. Or a mass grave, like what happened to most Roman crucifixion victims. When you're looking at your, your method here, do you find that the empty tomb qualifies as part of the historical bedrock? I don't. Ooh, let's hear that again. Do you find that the empty tomb qualifies as part of the historical bedrock? I don't. The reason I don't include it is, uh, by the way, you do have a heterogeneous uh, majority who granted, so you even have some non-believers who granted um, like Pincus Lapid, he was a Jewish scholar and a New Testament scholar. He believed, he actually believed Jesus rose from the dead. He, he just says he, he doesn't think that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the savior for the Gentiles. Um, but, but he believed the tomb was empty. He believed Jesus rose from the dead. Doesn't sound like a non-believer to me. You do have some other, a couple other non-believers scholars who think the tomb was empty. Um, so you could say it's a heterogeneous majority but by far, the majority of scholars who grant the empty tomb are Christian scholars. Um, and it doesn't come up to the level, even though it's a majority, if it's around 75%, that's a pretty strong majority. But I like it to be 90% or more for what I'm doing here, a nine, you know, for, for my criteria for accepting something as historical bedrock. So it didn't quite make a strong enough majority, and it's certainly not a robust heterogeneity of scholarship. What Mike is saying about a lack of heterogeneity of scholarship is that virtually all the scholars who accept this are Christians. Other than alluding to a few exceptions that he does not name, it seems the non-Christian scholars in the field tend to not accept the empty tomb. As such, this could be more of a partisan affirmation rather than one of academic merit. Although I believe the tomb was empty, and I think the evidence is sufficient for that, um, it it's not a it doesn't raise to the level of of being a minimal fact of being historical bedrock. The host turned the conversation toward how easy it might be 
for early believers to invent some of the ancillary stories around the tomb, like the stolen body rumor or even the guards at the tomb. I will say that the majority of critical New Testament scholars do not accept the historicity of the report about the guard at the tomb. Um, now, that doesn't mean they weren't there. It just means that's where the majority is today when it comes to, to this. All right. Uh, we've run out of time, so let's quickly take two questions here. Uh, I think the first question here will be short, uh, and it comes from Dean. What are your thoughts on Dr. Andrew Loke's work regarding the resurrection? What, if any, original contribution had he made to the topic? Oh, interesting question. If you're a regular viewer of my channel, you might remember that I did a video about Dr. Loke's resurrection book and presentation, which prompted a bit of a kerfuffle of responses back and forth and some character attacks along the way. This culminated in a written debate between myself and Dr. Loke, which very few people have read. I'll put a link to my written debate playlist below if you're interested. Speaking of which, my final concluding statement is due soon. Life is busy. All that said... I'm very curious what Dr. Lacona thinks of Andrew's work. Well, unfortunately, I haven't read uh, Professor Loke's book. I've heard very good things about it uh, from those in the apologetics community who are, are reading it. Okay, maybe I'm reading too much into things. But what was that qualifier Mike tacked on there? I've heard good things about it uh, from those in the apologetics community. To my ears, that's a textbook example of damning with faint praise. But I'm approaching this not as an apologist. I'm approaching this as a historian. He likes to separate the serious history he does with the differently rigorous endeavors of apologists, evangelicals, and theologians. He even does so in the next question. The historical grammatical method is going to be used by a theologian, not a historian. And the, the reason they're not even interested in the historical critical method is because they are just a priori accepting everything in Scripture as true for theological reasons. And I'm not going to say that that is wrong, but that's doing the work of a theologian, not a historian. Again, maybe I'm reading too much into things, but it sure sounded like Mike thinks that Dr. Loke's book may have some good things for those making theological assumptions, but maybe not so much for a serious historian. Ouch. Good. Thanks for that answer to that uh, question from one of your listeners. And, uh, you know, this has been a real fun season. We've covered a lot of, of ground here looking at the historical bedrock. Of course, this video has merely handpicked a few nuggets of Dr. Lacona's wisdom that I want you to hear. But if you want to check my work to make sure I've not misrepresented any positions here through an edit, tap the link in the description to hear the full episode for yourself. It's almost worth it for the clever wordplay in the theme song alone. Alright, I'm going to get back to work on the epic Empty Tune video, and hopefully soon that concluding statement in my debate with Dr. Loke. But while you wait, tap on the video thumbnail on screen to hear more of my takes on the claims of Christians, and I'll see you over there. Later. <laughs>